Under review today, we have a lot of NFL action to go over. Super Bowl 55 is less than a week away from Tampa Bay. So all of my previews, predictions, all that good stuff coming up on that. And then I want to do NFL quarterback carousel. It's going to be a crazy wild offseason for NFL football and a bunch of teams being in the quarterback market and a lot of quarterbacks available. So it's kind of the biggest story right now. We just saw a big blockbuster with Matt Stafford going to the Rams, Jared Goff going to the Lions. Um, but what every team is going to do and where every player is going to end up, I'm dropping a lot of predictions in in that sense. Uh, then I want to do Major League Baseball. MLBPA just received a new offer and proposal from the owners for a format for the 2021 season, uh, expanded playoffs, 154 games, delayed start to the season, which was a surprise to a lot of people. I want to talk about that and talk about what to expect and what Major League Baseball should be doing going forward in order to help them gain back some fan base and some viewership for their sport this year. Then wrapping things up with uh, gambling guarantees. Got some college basketball and of course on Super Bowl week, got to have a bunch of Super Bowl bets as well. So I'm sharing my picks for this week so uh, I can see how those play out and you guys can join me on that as well. So all that and more after further review. Today is Monday, February 1st, 2021, and this is episode one of After Further Review with Sam Phelan right here, and it is also Super Bowl week. Getting ready for Super Bowl 55, um, just about a week away. We're recording this on Monday, of course, so uh, Sunday will be the Super Bowl, and it is a Super Bowl that is a wild one. One of, one of the craziest stories we've seen and kind of a very fitting storyline for the Super Bowl. You get the Bucks playing at home, which is one cool thing, like finally getting a team to host the Super Bowl. I feel like there's a story every year that there's going to be some team like, oh, if they win this many games, they host the Super Bowl or whatever. Never works out. So that finally happens. And of course, it's Tom Brady. Of course, it's it's the Bucks and the upstart Bucks that are that are doing it. And it's kind of one goat transitioning to another goat. Pat Mahomes gets to go to his second straight Super Bowl after facing Brady in the uh, 2019 or 2018, what, 18-19 season, but uh, playing Brady in that AFC championship game. And uh, the overtime game that went to the Patriots after they went on to beat the the Rams in the Super Bowl. So we get a matchup of that, and you kind of get Tom Brady against Pat Mahomes, and kind of a, just a recap of two of the best quarterbacks that the two guys who, at the end of the day, are going to be two of the best guys to ever do it, if not the best two to ever do it. So having that matchup uh, go in the Super Bowl is going to be something special for fans to watch. As far as the game itself. I mean, Chiefs are minus three, Bucks plus three, so a, a little favor to the Chiefs despite the game being in Tampa, but I think that is to be expected when the Chiefs have the type of season they are, they, they've had, and the type of quarterback they have. They have the best quarterback doing it right now. But in terms of the game, Vegas has the over-under at 56 points. I'm shocked if the under hits. Shocked if the under hits. I mean, it's like two very like mediocre to bad defenses. I know the Chiefs have had some like good defensive games, and they turn the ball over a lot. But it's not a the, the Chiefs aren't going to sh- go and shut out Tom Brady and the Bucks, especially not in the Super Bowl. And I feel like this is the type of game that's just going to be two quarterbacks going at each other, one score after another score, 
back and forth, and just a shootout all night long. That being said, I think the game, the game is going to be won by the defense. And I mean that like in the sense that I expect a play, a defensive play to be the difference in the game. I think both offenses are going to be like explosive and trading scores and stuff. But these are there's going to be like a big interception, a big fumble recovery, a big turnover that's going to decide the game. And neither one of these offenses have protected the football very well. Like even the Bucks against Green Bay, Brady threw three interceptions or whatever it was down the stretch in that game. But they have still found ways to score. I don't think that happens in the Super Bowl here. Biggest stage, two explosive offenses, two of the best quarterbacks. And I think taking care of the football has to be priority number one. Like it, I don't know if you get a second chance the way you do in some games. You know, you can get away against some teams with, you know, an interception here, a fumble there, kind of turning the ball over, but making the most of those opportunities. The Chiefs did it against uh, Cleveland. The Buccaneers did it against Green Bay. And we've seen those teams get away with it before. I don't think it happens in this game. Both these two offenses are too fast-paced and high-powered, where if you mess up, you have a bad drive or a three-and-out or you start losing field position or a big turnover or something, that's the game. Like I, I don't see a comeback happening. I think it's going to be nose-to-nose, score-for-score, and as soon as one team blinks, it'll be over. That is going to be my biggest thing here because I'm going to be looking for the one mistake that I think is going to, uh, to set things apart. I think I'm going to take the Bucks. Which is kind of weird. Like, I, the Chiefs are the better team. I like no question about it. The Chiefs are the better team. I think you know what you're getting out of the Chiefs. I think I don't see the Chiefs not showing up for the game. I could see the Bucks coming out and just not having it. They've had games this year that they have looked awful, and like people were very, very worried about the Buccaneers early on. But there's just something about Brady. Something about him finding a way to win and then playing the game at home in Tampa Bay where it's too good of a story for Tom to be able to be like, hey, NFL, look at me. Hey, fans, look at me. Hey, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, look at me. I can do this anywhere. That I think is too good that I, I want it to happen. I I know a lot of people are skeptical about Brady and that, like, or I mean, polarizing figure too, but I don't, I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that the Buccaneers are going to win the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55. I'll say 35-31 in the game, a, a good close shootout, high scoring game. I think the, uh, I, I think we'll have a, a big time drive at the end of the game too, either going either way, either a big time stop or a big time score. But I think it comes down to the wire and it's going to be one you're glued to the television for, but I'll take the Bucks. Buccaneers 35, Chiefs 31, official Super Bowl prediction. Okay, and now we have some breaking news. Adam Schefter reporting late Saturday night that the Detroit Lions were trading Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for quarterback and number former number one overall pick Jared Goff, two first-round picks, and a third-round pick a big time blockbuster that kind of answered a lot of co- a lot of questions on the quarterback market. Stafford, we were hearing all week that he was going to be dealt by the Super Bowl, so the Lions got rid of him. But this was bigger than I think a lot of people were expecting in terms of a Stafford return. My initial reaction was 
the Lions got a lot. I thought the Rams gave up a little bit much, especially considering they were able to, they gave up Goff in return. They gave up their quarterback and two first round picks. Like to me, the Lions getting a former number one overall pick, Jared Goff, who's not bad. I mean, Jared Goff has his flaws, sure, but he's not bad by any means. And getting him in return with two first rounders and a fourth rounder is a very, very good haul for two years remaining on the contract of Matthew Stafford. Like, Stafford wanted out. You weren't going anywhere with Stafford. You had to get rid of him. So to be able to get that much back is huge. The big thing was the money. I mean, it came down to the contract that Goff had signed. He's got over $40 million guaranteed, signed over a $100 million contract if he stays on the roster. So for the Rams, being able to get out from under the contract when you've kind of felt like maybe Goff isn't the number one overall quarterback that we thought he was and bring in a bonafide veteran in Stafford to get you over the hump, good move. But, I mean, if you're the Detroit Lions, you're not going for it anytime soon. You're not trying to be a Super Bowl contender anytime soon. This money is just, I mean, it's going to be on the book anyway. So why not use it to bring in a quarterback that can be the bridge guy, get you to your next guy, and two first-round picks alongside it. So good return for the Lions was my orig- my original thought. Kind of surprised that Goff went only because I expected the the Lions were, I expected them to draft someone. I thought they'd be in the quarterback market, especially during the draft, to get another young guy to replace Stafford and kind of rebuild, but build the franchise around going forward. NFL quarterbacks moving teams this offseason. Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, Field Yates, all these guys have, have reported they expect up to up to 18 different quarterbacks to be switching teams. 18 new starting quarterbacks in the NFL for the come September for the 2021-2022 season. That number is ridiculous to me. Like that number is absurd to me. Like the NFL has developed in a way that I'm not sure if it's good or bad or what it is for the sport. And I blame Patrick Mahomes. I, I fully blame Patrick Mahomes for the, for this new change, this new expectation from the quarterback position. Teams are treating their young guys like they have to be Patrick Mahomes. If they're not Patrick Mahomes within the first two years, if they're not Deshaun Watson, if they're not making these these types of plays, these throws, they're moving on from them. They're gone. You're not a franchise guy anymore. Like Good is not good enough anymore. And that is just a reality of the world that we live in, in today's NFL. I mean, 12 months ago, you had NFL fans, NFL media, people all over saying, oh, well, it's time for the Browns to move on from Baker Mayfield. Oh, like the Josh Allen's not that good. Bills need to move on from Josh Allen. And then oh, sure enough, these young guys come out year three, year four, whatever it is. And they're not only top 10 quarterbacks in production, both of them are winning playoff games, going to NFC or AFC championship games or AFC divisional rounds and hanging in there with Pat Mahomes and these guys. Where is the patience anymore? Where has it gone? Like we're, we're talking like, oh, Raiders are going to move on from Derek Carr. Oh, 49ers are going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. That one I find absurd. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is not the best quarterback out there, but the 49ers were in the Super Bowl 12 months ago. Uh, like a year from today, we were getting ready for 49ers and Chiefs in the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. Now, you can say what you want about him, and Kyle Shanahan is a quarterback whisperer. He does some incredible things 
two quarterbacks. So it is just wild to me that that you have a quarterback who takes you to the Super Bowl that you paid a hundred million dollars that you gave up draft capital to acquire from the Patriots who has some injuries has a down year and and doesn't play that much so your team goes down and all of a sudden it's like all right we're ready to move on from him new next guy in next guy up here we go there there's this expect like Pat Mahomes is a generational talent and that word generational means something the like one in a million, once in a lifetime type of talent. That's not like you don't get those all the time. You can't just reset and expect the next guy you pick in the draft to be better, like to be Patrick Mahomes. Like, uh, maybe the right move for the franchise, but what what are the Detroit Lions hoping to get? Like, well, how can they get a quarterback better than Matthew Stafford? Like the Falcons are looking for another quarterback, probably moving on from Matt Ryan soon. Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer. Like, Derek Carr, he's a really good quarterback. Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. Like, a lot of people sleep on Derek Carr. He's a pretty underrated guy, but a very good, like, at least top-end quarterback. You can't tell me he's not a top-half of the NFL guy. And a top-half of the NFL guy, like, is a franchise guy in my mind. So, I don't know what happened to it, but it's happened. It's changed. It's wild. Like I said, potentially 18 teams looking for quarterbacks so it got me thinking where are they all gonna go and I have all of my predictions on where the quarterbacks are gonna end up so starting with the obvious you talk quarterbacks you talk NFL offseason you talk trades free agents whatever it's Deshaun Watson kind of like the the next step down from Patrick Mahomes drafted in the same draft class he wants out of Houston. He's formally requested a, a trade despite the new head coach and the new general manager coming in there. Watson's done. Ian Rappaport came out with like a short list, so to speak, of teams who are going to make a strong push for Deshaun Watson. There's been a lot of Miami Dolphins rumors. He listed the New York Jets, the Chicago Bears, the Carolina Panthers, and said up to nine more teams could be involved, which is what you'd expect. You know, any guy like the, when a guy like Deshaun Watson hits the trade market, you expect teams to check in and teams to have a lot of interest. So where do I have Deshaun Watson ending up? I think he goes to the Jets. And I think he goes to the Jets for the simple fact, the simple reason that the Jets have the capital to give up right now. They're in a position that they desperately want and need a quarterback. They, they want to resolve that situation. And they have something that no other team has, the number two overall pick and a sure thing at quarterback for the Houston Texans and a next guy up that they can build around. Like, I know Chicago has a very strong, like, want and need for Deshaun Watson, but uh, the Bears are picking 22nd, somewhere like that, in, the, in like the 20s. It would require multiple three, four first-round picks and probably more to get Deshaun Watson to Chicago. I don't think the Bears are interested in that. Carolina, I think there is a, a want there. I don't think there is a need there. They have Teddy Bridgewater. They paid Teddy Bridgewater a lot of money. They're kind of committed to him in some ways. So while you could look at Deshaun Watson, you have a good top 10 overall pick. You have a quarterback who you who you can build around for, for the time being, at least. I don't think the Panthers are desperate enough to make a move happen. And same thing kind of goes with the Dolphins. The Dolphins, I mean, they committed to Tua Tagovailoa when they drafted him number five overall last year. And he might have not looked as great as they wanted him to. I'm not a huge Tua fan, but 
you know, two is your guy, whether you like it or not. Now, the Dolphins have done a great job of giving themselves draft picks to give away, and they could very well do that and say, you know what, Deshaun's our guy, we have a good roster, just get us the quarterback we need, and we're, we're off and running next year. And if they did, you know, more power to them. But I think the need, the capital, the, the fit, the big market fit that Deshaun Watson demands and, and will thrive in in New York is the the ultimate spot for him. And if you're if you're the Texans, you know, you get the number two overall pick. You probably get another first rounder with it too. You get a new guy. You can draft Justin Fields. You can draft Zach Wilson if you want, whichever guy you like better. Probably Fields, I would say, is more likely. And you get a guy to kind of hit the reset button. You've got your new GM. You've got your new head coach. They get to take a quarterback of their choice, number two overall, and it's a nice, clean reset. Now, I, I don't know if that, I mean, did, I saw Deshaun Watson's list. He had the Jets pretty high up. I don't know why you would go from hating Houston, wanting out of Houston, and being like, oh, yeah, let me go to the Jets. Hey, send, me to, send me to New York. Let me go play at MetLife for a little bit because that'll be, you know, they just went 1-15 or 2-14, whatever they went, and, like, that's the solution. That's how you're going to start winning games. And I know New York's attractive and stuff, and winning, and winning for the Jets would be something spectacular for his career, but... Uh, I, I don't know if I love that for Deshaun Watson's career path to uh, end up in New York. But that's where I have him going. Um, as I kind of mentioned, I think the Dolphins stand pat with uh, Tua. I expect the Panthers to repeat a season with Teddy Bridgewater as well. So what other teams are going to get new quarterbacks? I mentioned them already, but Chicago, the Chicago Bears need a quarterback. And it, it became very clear when they brought in Nick Foles to to have competition with Mitchell Trubisky and they drafted Mitchell Trubisky number two overall, that they were kind of, you know, all in, all, all chips in the middle of the table on Mitchell Trubisky to produce. He wasn't terrible last year. They got to the playoffs, but 8-8 eight eight is not good enough. 8-8 eight eight's not good enough for any team. And as the McCaskey family said in their post-game or their postseason press conference, rather, the quarterback play needs to be better. I think that's their number one priority as well. Um, and I, I think they have extra motivation to fix it too because Ryan Pace, their general manager, and Matt Nagy, their head coach, both have one year left on their deal. They're both on the hot seat. There's a lot of pressure for Chicago to be good now, not three years from now. They don't have time to kind of coddle a new rookie in and try and re, like revamp the system. No, like they have to do it now with this defense, with Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith and Eddie Jackson. Take this core, Akeem Hicks, and get a quarterback, plug him in, bring back Allen Robinson. Let's go now. And if you don't, those guys are going to be out of a job. So what I have drawn up for the Bears is kind of interesting. I think they could go a number of different directions. The problem with the Bears is they don't have a ton of cap room. Like, you can't really afford to go get a Dak Prescott or bring in a big salary guy. So you could bring Mitch back. But like I said, I think they need to make a change. There's just pressure, like, a change needs to be made for morale, if anything else. But I think, in my kind of a bold prediction, I think the Bears and the 49ers trade quarterbacks. And not trade in a formal, like, I'm going to send you a trade request, we're going to make a trade, Mitchell Trubisky for Jimmy Garoppolo. No, I just think they swap them. I think the Niners are going to cut Garoppolo because they don't like the amount of money that they're paying him and the money they agreed to, so they might just cut their losses there get rid of him, and try and bring somebody in who's making less money. Mitch is looking to reestablish value. Jimmy Garoppolo will be looking to establish value. Both will be looking for playing time. And I think I think both fit. Jimmy G is a 
I mean, a homegrown kind of Chicago kid, went to Eastern Illinois Division II. He's just a very Chicago guy, a very Bears guy. So they would bring him in. They, I mean, the two guys wear the same number. They wear the same number. They do a lot of the same things well. They're both kind of athletic, kind of accurate, kind of not, struggle with the deep ball a little bit, but have the upside to be very good. And, I mean, what have we been saying about Mitchell Trubisky all, all season long is that we feel like in a system he can be very successful, and there's no system more successful than that of Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco. So if if Shanahan can use Mitch's athleticism, bring him in on a on a – short two-year deal, one-year deal for a little bit of money, and the Niners are able to really bring in Mitch and work a system around Mitch, that can work. I mean, they went to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. I said it earlier. Jimmy G took them to a Super Bowl, so Mitch can too. If you're a Bears fan, you probably don't love it. I, I'm not sure it's like the upgrade that you want uh, or or need, but it is a a cheaper upgrade or, or, I mean, they might be the same guy. I'm not even sure if it is an upgrade. But it's a cheaper option, and it is a new option. And I think the biggest thing for the Bears right now is to have a new option, a new guy in there. No more pointing fingers at Mitch. No more pointing fingers at Foles. No more all the blame game nonsense that was going on at Hallis Hall last year. It's a, a fresh face, and do it with this guy, or we'll see you later, Matt Nagy. We'll see you later, Ryan Pace. We're going to blow this thing up and start over. So then... We come to the draft and some some draft guys that are available. I mentioned I think Houston gets number two. I think Houston takes Justin Fields. Jacksonville is taking Trevor Lawrence. They're taking Trevor Lawrence. No, no ifs, ands, buts about it. I know Urban Meyer got brought in, Ohio State, Justin Fields connection kind of there. But no, they're going to take Trevor Lawrence. And they brought in Urban Meyer because he's well known for doing a good job with quarterbacks. They want this to be their guy as they should he's going to be their guy for a long period of time after you get past those two I think it gets a little bit interesting to me Zach Wilson is I think Zach Wilson's the QB2 of the draft but if not he's a clear QB3 Trey Lance is is up there Mac Jones I've seen in the first round and a couple but I I think Zach Wilson has to be the next to go so where do these three go I think Zach Wilson ends up on the Atlanta Falcons I don't think he starts right away. I think they finish out this Matt Ryan contract unless they can find someone to trade for, maybe a team looking for a veteran quarterback, which we all know that there are there are teams out there looking for quarterback replacements and a guy to come in and do the job. But given the state of the NFL and the quarterback-hungry market with the fourth pick, I don't see Wilson making it much farther than that. I think the, I think the Falcons pull the trigger on Wilson at four. As far as Trey Lance... There's been one connection that I've been that I've been hearing a lot, and that is the Washington football team. I think that that's a a spot. I don't see him going as early as you might think. Um, and the football team have the 19th pick in the draft. I think that's a good spot for them. They obviously need a quarterback and one that's going to come in and compete. I they like what they saw out of Taylor Heineke, but I don't think they're going to go into the year and be like, all right, Taylor, you're our starter. No, they're going to they're gonna bring in a guy. They like Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a kind of a small school kid that not a lot of people are have that high on their radar at least. So I think he might fall a little bit. And if so, um, Washington will be there. And I don't think they're afraid to trade up either to get the guy that they feel like they need to carry their franchise. Mac Jones 
could end up going anywhere. Mac Jones, like he's been, I've seen him as high as like four on some people's big boards. And then I've seen him all the way down in like the twenties or not even in the first round, but his stock is certainly going up with the, uh, you know, just his performances in the college football playoffs, stuff like that. So Mac Jones stock is, is on the rise. I don't know where I really see him going. I'm going to say probably like the Patriots are an option. Carolina is another option if they do decide to draft a quarterback. Chicago could draft a quarterback. If Oakland's moving on from Derek Carr, which I don't necessarily see them doing, they're another option for him. Uh, but those those are really the big ones for me. And if New England's not taking him, New England could be another team that could be in the trade market for a guy like Matt Ryan. If uh, if Atlanta's moving with a young guy like Zach Wilson or or, I mean... They could be in the market for Mac Jones, too. They could be looking out for any of these guys. So that's another thing to consider, too. The Patriots need their quarterback. They still have Bill Belichick. They still have a great system in place there. Their quarterback play was awful last year. Cam Newton was a letdown and a half for them. So they're going to get a guy, though. They will be out there, and they will get a, a either a bona fide guy or a new rookie for uh, Bill Belichick to kind of swear in. I think Denver is, a, is another good option for Mac Jones in the first round. John Elway loves his tall quarterbacks, so Drew Locke was not good for them. So Denver is another spot for them. But if not, Denver's going get to a, get a veteran. And I think a lot of the teams that are kind of looking for that just to fill the hole at quarterback, a lot of them are going to go for some veteran options. I think Dak's going back to Dallas. I think Derek Carr's going back to Vegas. I think, I don't know, I, I just think that that is... A lot of guys are going to go back and guys teams are going to stick with the guy that they had at the helm. But if you are looking for a change, guys like Matt Ryan, bringing in somebody like Andy Dalton, bringing in one of these veterans, you know, the Ryan Fitzpatricks, the the guys that are free agents that aren't going to change your franchise but are just going to be there and be serviceable are the, the type of guys that I see getting signed and moved. So I think that applies to Denver. I think it applies to a team like Indianapolis who... There's no reason the Colts shouldn't have been able to land Matthew Stafford. That would have been so, so perfect for them. And now you might be stuck bringing back another Phil Rivers type, just another veteran, a guy who you like. Do you feel good about that if you're a Colts fan? Like, you could go get Mac Jones. You could go make a play in the draft or take Kyle Trask in the second round, but you're not in a spot to draft an elite quarterback at all. You're picking in the middle 20s as well. And now you're stuck with your guy retiring and you missed a chance at a, a a guy that was so perfect for your system in Stafford and would have made you one of the favorites in the AFC. And I don't know what went on there, but that's a big, big miss for Ursay and the Colts. So my final list, kind of rapid fire, I know I didn't get to touch on them, but starting quarterbacks week one come September for all every NFL team. NFC, starting in the north, Green Bay. Going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be back. Minnesota. Kirk Cousins will be back. I know I've seen a couple trade things. I just don't see them moving on from Kirk Cousins left. And who's going to take on that type of money? Detroit Lions will be Jared Goff. Chicago. You heard me talk about it. Jimmy Garoppolo. Bears starting quarterback week one. All right. Out west. Rams. Going to be Matt Stafford. They just gave up the capital for him. I think it makes him one of the uh, one of the top teams in the NFC. If not the top team in the NFC for next year a Matt Stafford-led Rams team with some better quarterback play. Seattle's going to have Russ Wilson. Cardinals are going to have Kyler Murray still over there. Those are pretty certain. And then the 49ers, I think, start Mitchell Trubisky week one, kind of in, in, a, in a shock there. I, I, I say the Niners start Trubisky 
week one of the 2021 season. Um, so NFC, uh, we'll do, we'll do the East NFC East. Philadelphia is going to be Jalen hurts. They like Jalen hurts. They're done with Carson Wentz. They're going to move Carson Wentz. Who knows where I don't even know where, I don't know what team wants, wants a guy like that, but, uh, he's going to be somewhere and it won't be in Philly. And if he is, he won't be the starter. They're ready for a change. It'll be Jalen hurts week one for them. Cowboys. I have Dak going back. Uh, I know the ACL and the contract issues and all this stuff, but Jerry knows the value of a good quarterback. He stuck to Romo for a while. He's going to stick to Dak Prescott no matter what it takes. He's kind of playing this whole, we don't need you thing, like we can do it without without a quarterback. No, no, you can't. Dak is a special quarterback. Bring him back. They will. Washington football team. Trey Lance starting quarterback week one. I think he battles with Taylor Heineke in camp, but ultimately you have to go to the kid, especially when the other guy's very inexperienced as well. Um, so kind of a, a new face of the franchise over there with Dwayne Haskins going to Pittsburgh, um, and that will be their move. And then uh, closing out that division, New York Giants. Um, I think it's another year of Daniel Jones. I think it has to be another year of Daniel Jones. People have been getting higher on Daniel Jones as time has gone. And I see, uh, I just don't see them changing from Daniel Jones quite yet. If they're not good and make the playoffs this this next coming year with Joe Judge at the helm, Daniel Jones will be gone. But I think he gets one more shot at it. NFC South. Now, this is kind of a, an interesting division. Obviously, Brady's going to be back with the Bucks. I think Teddy Bridgewater stays with Carolina despite them having a chance to draft someone. I think they go back to Teddy, at least for week one. Even if they do draft somebody, I don't think it'll be in the first round. And I think Bridgewater is the week one starter. Um, Atlanta, I'm going Zach Wilson. And they're obviously contingent upon a Matt Ryan trade. But I do think they're kind of looking for a facelift to that offense and kind of going for a younger uh, talent in a, in a younger wave. So I, I see them going in a different direction. They have the number four pick. Zach Wilson starter for Atlanta. And I think Drew Brees is done. I think Drew Brees retires. I think the Saints do not start Drew Brees week one, but I don't think they go get someone. I think they stay right at home. Jameis Winston starting week one for the New Orleans Saints, I think, is their move. So then we move over. AFC South, uh, Jaguars going to start Trevor Lawrence. Titans going to start Ryan Tannehill. Houston Texans moving to Sean Watson. They will start Justin Fields week one and get that kid. Uh, in their lineup and under center as soon as possible. And the Miami Dolphins to Atungavailoa. I don't know if they're happy with that, but I think you're committed enough where you have to give Tua a full year to really see what you're working with. He hasn't really been able to kind of get comfortable in Brian Flores' offense quite yet. As the starter, he just kind of was thrown. Like, oh, here you go. You're the starter, kid. I know we're 5-3, and three, but you're going to go start anyway. So I want to see Tua get comfortable and get a full season under his belt before we're, I would safely be able to determine whether or not he is the guy in Miami. AFC North, Baltimore is going to be Lamar Jackson. Pittsburgh, I want to say it's going to be Big Ben just for one more year. I don't know why. I feel like Ben's losing to the Browns was not his style, not the way he wants to be remembered or go out. Um, and I think Pittsburgh's going to have him be their quarterback as long as Big Ben will have them. So Ben Roethlisberger will be back. Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, no doubt. Joe Burrow will be back from his ACL, question mark, fingers crossed. Hopefully NFL needs him back for the Bengals week one. Um, but yeah, Burrow's their guy. He's going to be their guy. He's incredible. And don't let the leg injury fool you. He'll be back better than ever. 
Um, AFC West. I mean, LA Chargers, they've got Herbert. They're fine. Kansas City Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, obviously fine. Las Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr's going to be back. I don't, I don't, $20 million is not a lot of money for a guy like Derek Carr. And like a, for his production that in today's market alone, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I said it, but he will be back. I feel good. Derek Carr will be back. John Gruden and him are kind of tied together at this point. I, I think they'll go with Carr and Denver Broncos, not Drew Locke. I could see this being a home for a guy like Mariota, maybe potentially Carson Wentz, but no, I, I think Andy Dalton is the name that's coming to my head. Uh, they kind of did it with Flacco last season, but like bringing in a veteran just to kind of start and hold the spot and kind of tank the team a little bit for a year, to be honest, while while Elway kind of regroups and gets his guy, unless they draft a Mac Jones or, or that kind of talent, um, I do see that being uh, the, the way that they go. And even if they do draft a Mac Jones, I think Denver goes with a veteran week one to kind of be their starter. So I'm going to give them Andy Dalton um, under center for the Broncos. Okay, and uh, final division is the AFC East, and I'm kind of just realizing I did uh, I messed that up a little bit. I put the I did the Dolphins earlier, didn't get to the Colts. I'm gonna say the Colts have Carson Wentz at quarterback, so I missed that for the AFC South. I don't know why I mixed that up in my head. I guess I kind of got excited about hearing the Texans, and I I just kind of group them with the Dolphins at this point. So I was kind of like, ah, Texans, Dolphins, both are kind of talking about trades. So I mixed them together. That's my mistake. But yeah, I'm a go- Colts, I'm going to go Carson Wentz. I think they need a veteran at this point. Their roster is not one that is like ready for a rookie. Um, and there aren't too many out there, not too many available. Uh, if Matt Ryan gets moved, that's a possibility for him. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's what I see them doing as of right now. I also think they draft uh, a Mac Jones type, and they just kind of go with that uh, for week one. Yeah, but uh, AFC East. Uh, the Jets are going to draft Justin Fields. He will be their starter. I have no question about that. The uh, Buffalo Bills are going to go with Josh Allen. No question about that. New England Patriots, I think, are the team for Matt Ryan this next season. I Matt Ryan to the Patriots. If the Falcons are going to move him and go younger, Bill Belichick would love Love, love, love a veteran quarterback who can throw the ball downfield, who we can trust, who has postseason experience. All of those things Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan does, and Matt Ryan just wants to win. Matt and Matt, Matt Ryan just wants to win. The Falcons just want to get younger and kind of kind of re, reset. So I think that that is what they do. So Dolphins, Patriots, Bills, and Jets. That is the AFC East. That is all 32 teams. Those are my predictions, and that is the quarterback carousel. On after further review. And we have breaking news to announce for Major League Baseball. Word came out earlier this weekend that uh, the owners had proposed a new plan to the Players Association for the 2021 season. It included 154 games delayed by a month to kind of let the vaccine circulate around the U.S. a little bit more. It had... And expanded playoffs with 14 teams. Last year we had 16, so 14 this year, which was going to be a little funky no matter what, but that's kind of what uh, what they decided on. And uh, the universal DH rule as well. So that, that was the proposal that went to the players. They gave them full proration, but they wanted to push everything back. The players' union originally said no, and the breaking news we have right now is that they will not counter. So there will not be a deal between the Major League Baseball owners and the MLBPA. 
and that means that 2021 will function as a regular normal year for baseball same as we saw in 2019 no universal dh there will be 162 games there will be a regular playoff format with three division winners and two wild cards in each league spring training will start february 17th will be in the regular season by april and everything will be back to normal and i think they got it perfect I think this is exactly what baseball needs. And I, I don't mind the two or the seven-inning double headers. I think when they do those, those are fun. I wouldn't mind a universal DH. I probably actually would prefer a universal DH to change that. But baseball needed a full season, a regular, normal season that started perfectly on time. The NFL just played a full 16, 17-week season with playoffs, normally scheduled, with some cancellations. They moved stuff around when they had to, but they made it happen, and they played normal football games, and some of them even had fans in the stands. So if Major League Baseball needed to get this right, the owners tried to mess it up, but I, I think the Players Union did a lot for the game of baseball today in bringing fans back the game that they know and they love. Now, 2020 was fun, and it was different, and it was kind of cool to see a bunch of teams like Miami make the playoffs and Cincinnati make the playoffs, and, you know, teams that wouldn't normally make the playoffs got in, and the wild card round was fun for a couple of days, but the true baseball fans, the true baseball lovers, the, the people that have grown up and loved the game so much, like myself, know how important 162 games is, know how important a regular playoff is. And I think those things are going to be appreciated and are going to be reflected. People are just excited to have baseball back and regular baseball back and and feel like things are coming back to be normal again. And starting on time was so important and playing a full 162 was so important so that baseball is what baseball is. I think... There are things that are inevitable, changes that are inevitable. I think the playoffs are going to expand within the next few years. I think the league is going to expand within the next few years here. That that is bound to happen just because of, you know, revenue and the money that it brings in and the TV contracts and all that stuff. And and that's fine by me. That's fun. I enjoyed watching that, but if you're going to play a long season, you're going to play 162 games and the team's going to go 162, whatever, you're going to win 100 games, then you're telling me it comes down to a wild card game or a best of three series with some team that went 81 and 81. That I'm not so okay with. That That is a problem. One of my biggest uh, biggest problems with the formatting of, of last year's playoffs was that you had these really, really good teams who led the American and National League for a good portion of the season. Then it was like, oh, Two losses, you're out. Two like two games, you're out, and not two games like losing to the other top teams in the league, but you're losing to teams that went 500. The Minnesota Twins like win the AL Central and are are this team that is all hyped up and like, oh, can they really make a run in the playoffs for Minnesota finally? And not only did they lose two straight games, they're gone. They lost to a team in Tech in uh, Houston rather that was 500, 30 and 30. They might even been 29 and 31. I don't know. I gotta look that up, but. That was a problem to me, so I think baseball being back to normal, at least as normal as possible, is going to help. Hopefully there's fans in the stands, and hopefully they can make that happen. Uh, But I, for one, think the Players Association undoubtedly got this one right. There has been talks about 
a potential lockout coming, a disagreement within the collective bargaining agreement, which very well could happen. But as a baseball fan, I am just excited, relieved. I'll worry about that when that gets here. For now, we have baseball back, and that's a good feeling. Um, On next week's show, I'm going to do MLB predictions. There have been a lot of moves, a lot of free agents, and kind of trades have gone down. Nolan Arenado got moved for basically nothing, which I'll go into a little bit of detail on here in a little bit. But um, yeah, a lot of moves have been made, and rosters are finally starting to shape up. Pitchers and catchers report February 17th, so... We hit February here. You're basically ready for, uh, I mean, within the next two weeks here, these guys are going to start having to make decisions and stuff. Trevor Bauer, one of the big fish that's still left out there, and a a bunch of lower names. I mean, I can list them all off the top of my head, but these are going to start dropping, and we're really going to start seeing what teams are contenders and and what we're thinking. So I'll give you predictions and my thoughts on everybody's offseason on next next week's show um, for you as well. Okay, gambler's guarantee. My picks for this week, the bets that I will be placing, uh, kind of putting it all on the table and giving you guarantees because uh, that's all I can do is just tell you that these are guaranteed to to win. Like, I, I, I mean, I guarantee that these are going to win except for when they don't. So my first guarantee is going to be on Tuesday night, college basketball. It's number two, Baylor, number six, Texas. I like Baylor minus six in this one. Interstate rivalry. But there I just think there is such a a drop off in college basketball talent between the top like two, three, four teams in the country than those teams in like the six to twelve range. Like you're talking a Texas team that's got five losses versus an undefeated Baylor team. And Baylor's defense is just so spot on. Their ability to match up in man in man and, and their shooting ability from the perimeter make them just such a a tough matchup their size too a young team with size that shoots the ball well that plays great man defense they're a matchup nightmare for any college basketball team so i know it's two versus six the line i feel like is a little low for baylor i like them to win this game pretty comfortably so i will take them minus six over uh, Texas. Next one's going to be Thursday night. It's number seven, Ohio State against number eight, Iowa. I'm taking money line and I'm taking Iowa to win the basketball game. Coming off of a, a bad loss, a tough loss in a rivalry game to Illinois on the road. They're back at home and it, it is very, very, very hard to win on the road in the Big Ten, kind of a conference that has ate each other up all year. So I'm taking uh, Iowa to bounce back. I think Luca Garza has a huge game against Ohio State. Ohio State, a sneaky team too, was kind of bouncing around like the 20 to 25 range, was unranked for a, a period of time. Now they're up in, inside the top 10 and really making uh, making their presence known. So I like that. Then lastly, I'm going to take a, a Saturday game here, and it is number 10 Alabama um, on the road in Missouri, taking on number 18 Missouri Tigers. I like Missouri to win the game. I like Missouri to, to cover. Um, 18 versus 10, but I really, really like Missouri basketball. I like the team that's that they've got going out this year. They've had some big wins against big opponents, and uh, a team that was very underrated. Like it took them six, seven, eight consecutive victories to start the year before everybody started to put a little respect on their name. But the SEC, similar to the Big Ten, has had a lot of parity so far this year, and home court advantage means everything. So I'm taking Missouri money line in that game. So Iowa money line, Missouri money line. 
I'm taking uh, the Baylor minus uh, six against Texas. And then to the Super Bowl. A couple Super Bowl predictions. I mentioned it earlier. Moneyline, Tampa Bay Buccaneers to defeat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl on their home field with the GOAT, Tom Brady, winning yet another ring. I think they get it done. I'm putting that one down. And then a prop bet because what what is a little like a little bet parlay here going without a prop bet? Um, and it's, it's kind of a funny one. I'm taking red Gatorade just straight. I'm taking red Gatorade is, I mean, you have two teams with red as their, their primary colors. And I, I can't see, now I don't know what Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady drink. I don't know what the, what the bucks and the chiefs are are giving their guys, but you're telling me Gatorade shower from either a back-to-back Super Bowl champion or Tom winning one in red and black in, uh, in Buccaneers colors in Tampa Bay. It has to be red Gatorade hammer red Gatorade. That's it. That's the pick. That's the one that I live for. I watched the Super Bowl to see, like, oh, yeah, what color is the Gatorade going to be? Have to turn on the end of the game, no matter what the score is. Like, oh, yeah, what, what's the Gatorade? I mean, the celebration's cool, but it's like, what color is the Gatorade? And I got to say, I've, been, I've done pretty well at it in the past. I've been pretty good. Bet blue each of the last two years. That seems like a reliable one, but it's going to be red this year, and I feel good about it. All right. Those are my picks. So that is the Gambler's Guarantee. Here on after further review, um, we'll go over those next week as well to see how I did, and I'll give you my next picks. But appreciate you turning in, tuning in here to episode one, a uh, a debut episode here, kind of just um, you know dusting things off a little bit, really kind of getting in my rhythm, giving you my opinions, and kind of just off the top, just talking about what I feel and what I think, and um, keeping it a hundred percent honest. So. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you listening. Please come check it out next week as well for more episodes, more hot takes, and uh, a recap of Super Bowl 55 and a whole lot more. So that's coming up, and I'll have it all after further review. See you later.